1: Buzz, 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 buzz. Welcome into a final and first postseason edition of At the Buzzer, a ralph Report podcast. Um, we are recording just days after the football season finale. And things are happening at an insanely fast rate. Um, but as longtime <laughs> listeners know, we're already moved on to basketball. So we're a basketball podcast now. Um, yeah. I'm basketball co-host Jack Barsh over there um, in I would assume sunny. Denmark is basketball. It was co-host.
0: actually sunny today?
1: There you go. It was the first I think we've had two sunny days
0: in the last month. Ugh. Um, That's basketball I mean, co-host Sam by the way. Um, I have personal news that I wanted to share at the beginning. Personal news. Um, I joined a basketball team in Denmark. (laughs) Um, people are dog shit. Like actual, (laughs) they are so bad here. This is
1: not what I was expecting.
0: So, like, I am far and away the best player.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: it's not even funny. I think we were playing a game. It was like ones and twos and like the 25 or whatever. I think I had like 15 assists and like eight points.
1: Average height of your opponents is
0: taller. Uh, it's about my height, mm. which is like six foot six one,
1: but they just suck,
0: huh? Humble brag. Um, Yeah. Well, people here like the ones who are like, oh yeah, I've only been playing for like a year and a half. And that's like a better player. Oh this is boy. crazy, but the real personal news is that my basketball career may have lasted two games because I fucking destroyed my ankle today. Oh I have no. never, I have never injured my ankle before. I am very injury prone, but I have never broken a bone and I have never hurt my ankle. And that's it. That was every other injury I've picked up. And I, I am, I'm ruined. I'm, I, I'm icing and elevating right now because I. Nice. Heard like multiple pops and cracks in my ankle as I landed. Oh boy! Going for a rebound. I, oh, I, and then I go ahead. I, I I sat off the court until like, like I, I lost all feeling in my like lower leg for a, for a minute, and then <laughs> and then I waited until it kind of went away, and then my team was so bad that I was like, all right, I'm hopping back in, and then I hit the game winning three <laughs> sent to end it. And then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done. Look at you. That might be the last shot i take for a few months. <laughs> it's like, this sucks.
1: Multiple pops and cracks is not anything you ever want to hear.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. So I have to go to a doctor immediately. And I think my doctor here hates me. So
1: how would you even know? What, how do you know if your doctor hates you?
0: Because I went there and she was like super weird. Like. She thought that I was she asked if I was rich American because <laughs> I said I couldn't afford physical therapy.
1: <laughs> oh boy.
0: And she's so weird. It's like she well, had like multiple microaggressions in like 10 minutes.
1: This story is not there's nothing good for you coming out of the story. This is bad no, personal news.
0: But I balled out, so that's what matters. Well,
1: I guess that you hit the game winning three. That is the thing I'm talking about. That is nice. Yeah. Um you. You know, your personal news was mostly sad. Some personal news on the CU front. It's not personal. I just said that for the segue. It's personal to us. Is is I guess it would be personally sad. Um, but at the end of the year, um, as we all know, Colorado just lost to Utah uh, on, on Friday. The Friday right after Thanksgiving. I hope everyone had a great holiday. And quickly, quickly now, on, on Sunday morning, the news was released that uh, the offensive coordinator, Darren Chivarini will not be returning to Boulder, um, and, any, in any capacity, no offensive receiver coach, no offensive coordinator in 2022. Um, and you know, I, I, some people react like Sam just did, which is of course, very respectfully clapping. Um, <laughs> some people maybe I, there were a surprising amount of people on Twitter that were being retweeted saying that this was a dumb move. Um, I think it was, well, so yeah, to me, it was something that needed to be done. It was something that you can't average the lowest yards per game. The CU's average since 1964 and you can't be shut out in four games and still retain your offensive coordinator. That's just something that can't happen. So I'm glad that the the most obvious, easiest choice to make was the one that was made because that often doesn't happen. Yeah. So,
0: so uh, on the season, 22 offensive touchdowns. 12 games, 22 offensive touchdowns. Do you want to guess how many touchdowns Jaron Mangum scored for South Florida? My favorite okay. game of the year.
1: It's gonna be discuss- 14.
0: 15. Oh my god. Um do you, do you want to play this game? I was gonna I was gonna play a game with you. Uh
1: yeah, let's play the let's play the what is this? Our offense was worse than game.
0: Okay, so Jaron <laughs> okay. Mangum. God bless his soul. Wait, let me go back to his former running CU running back. back.
1: That's why we're mentioning him. He transferred. No, 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 no. Sorry,
0: not Jared Mingham. Not Jared Mingham. Jarek Broussard. Jarek Broussard. Current, way CU too talented. Back. Current CU running back. Last year's Pac-12 Player of the Year.
1: Offensively, um, yes.
0: Six hundred sixty-one yards.
1: Okay.
0: Um, do you want to guess the last time a CU leading rusher had that few yards? 2014 and it was Christian okay. Powell. Okay, yes.
1: Excellent. Yes! Uh, yes. Woo! How about how about that
0: that's a that's probably a, an easier answer? Do you want to guess the time before that?
1: Oh uh, um no. Was it like in the 90s and like ninety or eighty nine when everyone was just spreading it around?
0: No, no, it was much worse. It was for like a team that went three and eight.
1: 2011?
0: No, 2000. Courtney oh. Johnson.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, that was an injury year. Oh, God. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. And, that,
1: and we know he's good. That's the sad part. But anyways.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we know he's good. He just had no room. Because uh, sometimes you have to fire your offensive coordinator nine games into the year. Or no, no, no. Uh, fire the offensive line coach. All right. Now, when was the last time a leading receiver had less yards than Brady Russell's 307. Oh
1: god. <laughs> That's so bad. That's got to be a it's got to be an option here.
0: 87. Oh no, 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 no. It's not that bad. It is it's it's much worse like a, Okay. Oh, well, it's it's kind of an option here. 2000. No. This is also um the same year that um someone had fewer passing yards than Brendan Lewis's 1,540 oof it's not 2,000 <clears throat> not 2,000 2,006 Bernard Jackson it is 2,006 <laughs> but yes Jackson. do you want to guess who the leading receiver on that team was
1: Derek McCoy no I don't think he was even on that team no I don't think he was either and he went to the NFL so
0: it's not Dusty Sprigg.
1: And it's not it can't be Scotty. Can't be Scotty McKnight. It
0: can't be Scotty. He wasn't there yet.
1: Oh it's, man. It's, I have no okay, idea. Okay. Is it Nick Ryan Greer? Riot here. Oh, wow. Old school. Yeah, that's a tight end. Yeah. So uh if you
0: know who these people are, you qualify for the veterans discount. And, wow. Uh, God bless your soul for sticking with to you all these years, these yeah. 15 years. So all of this just underscores
1: <laughs> what to, what this this season looked like offensively. Uh, Fucking terrible. Yep, and you know, we said at the beginning of the year, I'm going to continue to say it, we are still a staunchly pro-Brennan Lewis podcast, and I think he is like the least of the problems that we saw. I don't. I think he actually showed great potential. I think almost oh, all yeah. the good plays we saw, at least through the Aaron offense, almost everything was uh, him making things happen as opposed to the scheme making things happen. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping yeah. to see him with a, a legitimate offense moving forward. The
0: the scheme was actively hostile to him.
1: Yeah, it's uh you know, whatever. It's the end of the year, and like we mentioned, I'm glad to see you acted quickly, acted decisively, made the right decision. That is what a Power Five program should do when something needs to change. I believe them and Indiana were the first two uh, schools to get out in front of the offensive coordinator carousel, um, which is great to hear. But I, I don't want to put, even though we just did, I don't want to put the card before the horse. Let's go back and really quick talk about uh, the Utah-CU game which I believe went about as expected. I don't know if you got a chance to take a look at that, Sam. Uh, uh,
0: I watched a little bit of it, and I kind of knew what I was getting into. It went exactly as I thought it would. Right. Um, uh, the, the the highlight being Nico Reed with his 103-yard uh, return. And yes, in relief of Brendan Rice. That was kind of the only good thing that happened.
1: Well, yeah, the offense looked inept as ever. Um, we're – CU's dealing with so many injuries right now. I think a lot of them were holdout injuries, you know, holding them out to make mm-hmm. sure they don't get hurt again. Um, but no, Nate, lay I mean, yeah, on the defense. Yeah, why would you? No, Jack. Why would, either on defense. Team,
0: why would either team risk anything? Like Utah already clinched the
1: South. They, I mean, they had the starters in there for longer than I expected. Yeah. And to be fair – CU semi had a game of it because the first, uh, first pass I think Cameron rising attempted was intercepted by Mark Perry. Um, CU's offense promptly took their starting field position of the Utah 20 and went to zero yards and kicked a field goal, which is awesome. Oh yeah. Um, and then also known
0: as the Iowa
1: Hawkeyes offense. Yes, exactly. Actually, no, They would probably go back to the Iowa Hawkeyes defense first. No, no.
0: Um, Um, Hot take before we get sidetracked. I think Iowa's going to beat Michigan in the Big Ten Championship.
1: So you're saying hot take before we get sidetracked, talking about CU on a CU podcast. Before we get sidetracked on that, let's real quick talk about how Iowa's going to beat Michigan. Uh, Okay, I mean, you're wrong, but I appreciate the uh, the respect. I know I'm
0: wrong. I texted my cousin who's like an Iowa Hawkeyes diehard. And he's like, oh, we're going to get absolutely fucking destroyed. Yeah. But, like, I think that Iowa is the most chaotic team. I think nothing makes sense with them. And I think it would be perfectly nonsensical for them to actually win.
1: I think that would be so funny. It would be nonsensical. And, I mean, they've, they've done something out of nothing before this year. I know they won't. And I, I think they actually make perfect sense. <laughs> they are a team that has no offense and has an amazing defense. And I could see 10 wins in the Big Ten. And I think that's the amount of sense you need to look into them. Um, yep. but also,
0: also okay. speaking of big 10 football. Okay. Now we're doing a tangent uh, on the
1: tangent. Awesome, awesome. Nebraska finished
0: the season one and eight in big 10 play mm-hmm. with a point differential of
1: zero. <laughs> yeah. You're making that sound like a good thing. And I'm sick of people no. making that sound like a good thing. It's that's so a funny. bad thing. That's so
0: funny. Do you know yeah. how hard you have to like, that's so funny. Ugh. Yeah, but yeah, but going back to something neither
1: of us want to talk about, CU football. CU football, we need to at least mention that there was a game on Friday at the end of the season. Um, yeah, so Cole Becker hits a 56 yarder, nailing it, going into halftime, and CU keeps it kind of close. Utah comes out swinging at the beginning of the second half, they score enough to put it away, and then they kind of cruise the rest of the time. Um, ends up being, I think, 28 13, so it's another cover for the Buffs. Uh, they see you finish with less than 150 yards in total offense. Beautiful. And they had no offensive touchdowns. Beautiful. Um, yeah. That's another feather in cap of you cannot keep the offense as is. Um, so yeah, Utah dominated as expected on, on the defensive side of the ball on Black Friday. Um, see you performed admirably. I'm glad that no one quit. It looked like the team was still trying their best out there. Frankly, it, it looks like Carl Durrell is not. He has these players are playing for this team, which is good. And that's that's a good sign moving forward. Um, but CU finishes the season four and eight. Um, shockingly, three and six at in conference. Um, which Sam, I'll have you know, has only ever happened three other times in the Pac-12. There's only three other seasons that CU's had at least three wins, conference wins. Um, and oh, Carl yeah. has two of those seasons, believe it or not. Um oh so foreign age like, is the, is hang on end. a second
0: that can't be true really yes so is 20 oh no no the mcintyre five and seven years those didn't no they were like three and oh and non-con or something
1: yeah oh 2016 yeah. obviously yeah obviously, uh yeah. 29 or 2019 mel tucker obviously 2020 in 2021 are the, the four times the CU's won three conference games. And those three are at home this year. Um, so shout out to the fans once again for packing Folsom, even if the team did not uh, perform as they should have. So all in all, that's the end of the year. Um, the change that was needed to make was the, the change that needed to be made was made. Um, and I think hopefully there's some other changes on the way on the offensive side of the ball. I would prefer a wholesale fresh start. That's the most expensive option, but it's not my money. Um, and just get a brand new, get someone who has a whole staff and let them run the thing. Um, but Mm -hmm. that's the end of the season is a four and eight finish for the Buffaloes pegged at four and a half wins at the beginning of the year. So finish just under expectations. According to,
0: I'm, uh, I'm okay. Waiting a year. On Darrell see what happens with the Functional offensive coordinator
1: Well you better be because yeah Darrell's not getting fired yeah. been very publicly like, I'm, made I'm fine available. with
0: that I mean um, not that like you should be punting The coaching search a year Because like that's never good When like everybody kind of knows what's happening But to be competing And I'm offering you a great segue here To be competing I, I with With uh, with the schools on the On the coaching search market I would rather wait a year when things are a little more stable and you have a better pick of the lot.
1: Yes. This this is the year to not hire a coach. Nebraska thought the same thing, and they extended Frost, who has a worse record than Carl Durrell, I will say. Um, uh-huh. They extended Frost another year, said you get another one with a massively reduced buyout. And frankly, that strategy was proven correct by Michigan-Ohio State because Jim Harbaugh had the same exact thing of – The athletic director saying, we're going to cut your pay. We're going to cut your buyout. You have to prove it. You basically need to prove it. And they went out there and proved it uh, in a pretty big way. Finally got the Ohio State monkey off the back. Um, This is not the year to be hiring a coach. CU does not have the money to pay this gigantic buyout regardless. Plus, as I just mentioned, Carl Durrell has had a modicum of conference play success, um, which has not happened at CU since they joined the Pac-12 so I think it's it's possible that this year was the floor, um, and it's also possible that 2020, in all its weirdness, was the ceiling. And I'm happy playing in that space until CU has the dough to pony up for something better.
0: Um, yeah, and also if the ceiling is kind of limited by Sam Neuer being an injured quarterback, like, I'm, I'm okay with that.
1: But... Uh, yeah all of this to say see they're not going to fire Carl Durrell all this year because everyone else is firing everyone else this year and it has made it for a wild coaching carousel always the best best part of my year is is signing day and coaching carousel because it's all open optimism there's no downside except for everyone getting screwed um which is also fun and super dramatic so um yeah. let's talk um, about the biggest screw job that was out there uh in the past two days
0: Sam the biggest screw job Oh, I. Not the past two days. Um, it is nice to look at this with the idea that Mel Tucker would have been leaving right now if he had kept up any success. Um, I mean, I would, I would take a
1: bowl game and then Mel Tucker leaving. I don't
0: care about yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it's worth mentioning that uh, Kenneth Walker had the season he had in uh, – what's that coach's name? Jay Johnson's offense.
1: Jay Johnson. God, I, uh, what I wouldn't you give –
0: Yeah, well, you were okay with him leaving, which was funny. And we all made fun of Michigan State for hiring him. Um,
1: But how how little we – I mean, how quickly I forgot. Oh, no. How quickly? (laughs) That's on me. Oh, no.
0: Oh, I'm okay with shift being here. Um, Okay, but, yes, the biggest screw job of the week.
1: Of the past two days is?
0: I'm not taking the LSU job. Yeah, pause, <laughs> wait 10 minutes.
1: Let me stop you right hey. there. I will not be LSU's next head coach. Little did we know he just said asterisks quickly into the mic. Yes, technically it's, true. Technically true. We are, of course, of course, we are talking about um, USC getting the mojo back. USC uh, Pac 12 supervillain has poached the Darth Vader, Lincoln Riley, um, from Oklahoma Sooners. Straight up, just took him. Um, Mike the, Mike Bone getting it done. Mike Bone getting it done, getting a boner. There it is. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, the man who hired Jet, uh, Dan Hawkins and then hired John Embry, uh, the man who hired Jeff Fizdalek, has now made two of the most transformational hires, presumably in the last five years, in Luke Fickle and uh, Lincoln Riley. So I guess we should have given him more time. All of this to say this is huge for the pack 12 as you, as anyone knows nationally, this is a pretty big, that's the big talking point is this supposedly moribund league that was, that was uh faltering further and further in the football landscape just went to the biggest big 12 team um, who's going to go to the sec and said, do you want to be our coach? And the coach said, yes. Um, which is huge news. So, Lincoln Riley is known for his high-powered offenses in Oklahoma. He coached three Heisman winners, I believe, and Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts. Didn't they all win the Heisman? Jalen Hurts did not win the Heisman. No, they two Heisman winners third then.
0: Third or fourth.
1: Okay. Two yeah. Heisman winners. Uh, Oklahoma has been in the playoffs three times under Lincoln Riley's tenure. Uh, the Pac-12 has been to the playoffs twice, period. So right there, it shows you part of the reason why USC went and made this move. Um yeah, I don't know. He's going to be a nightmare to to coach against. USC has never lost to Colorado. That will not change as long as Lincoln Riley is there. I feel pretty confident <laughs> saying that. Um, and it's, it's a, an immediate stamp of approval. I, a, a big stamp saying USC's back. I cannot yeah. imagine a better fit, pretend, personally, for coaching and mm-hmm. a better um, rejuvenation after sticking with uh, – with Clay Helton for six years, yeah. Clay Helton also there.
0: Oklahoma's number one recruiting class. Um, lots of those guys are from LA, and lots of those guys are decommitting right now. I don't know where they're going to go, but we can check the twenty four seven crystal ball.
1: Oh, I think you do know where they're going to go. Yes, uh, <laughs> as you mentioned, the, the number one quarterback in the class of twenty twenty three. The uh, not this currently signing class, but the one after. Oh, yes is malachi robertson who sits at a balmy 37 minutes away from the usc campus down in in southern california los angeles committed to lincoln riley now lincoln riley can just drive his massive whatever his private plane he wants to fly for five minutes his usc private plane down to malachi's high school and say don't move i have nil fields for you come you know come play for me in usc Um, we are, I think, about to see a resurgence of the juggernaut that was the Pete Carroll URC years when yep. LA was theirs um, and, and California at writ large was theirs and everyone else is fighting for scripts for scraps, um, which is terrifying. And, you know, it, it's, it's a weird micro. This is terrible for CU because CU is now. Well, ter- good luck recruiting in let's LA. Say,
0: well, okay. So, first of all, we've been eating off those scraps for a minute. Yes. Um, and LA was really just getting ravaged by like Clemson and Alabama Oklahoma. coming in, and yeah, like Bryce Young going from he would have never left. He would have been USC quarterback through and through in the 2000s. Absolutely. So How like, well?
1: Yes, but it, it they're still going to be here, just going to be getting the people that USC either doesn't want or can't get to, and then uh, that that pushes everyone else maybe. down.
0: Okay, maybe. Well, maybe we'll see. if 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 the fruit's not to be had, I don't think. They would try to go there. If they we'll can't get the five see. stars, they'll go somewhere else.
1: So, macro, though, macro, I think this is actually pretty good for CU because this instantly puts way more TV dollars in the pockets of every Pac-12 school, in my opinion. I, I, I'm i just a huge Lincoln Riley fan. I think he does. he's exactly what USC needs, um, and I think they're going to be back in a big way pretty quickly. Um, so when that happens, all the, the rising tide lifts all boats, right? Then you can have these pretty easily marketable Oregon versus USC flashes. If Oregon continues to recruit at a high level, you have, I would assume these non-conference games like USC playing Alabama, a few years back suddenly raised extra profile. If USC ends up making college football playoff, that's going to be even more dollars. Um, These are all good things for CU in terms of filling the coffers up. Um, Now, you know if you're counting USC as a loss before it doesn't really change much in the win loss column moving forward for CU right if, yeah. if you're already assuming that they're going to lose the USC because it's happened 15 times with no other alternative then hey worst case scenario is you just lose by a lot which spoiler alert CU does anyways a lot to USC <laughs> uh i'm not best... afraid i'm not afraid <laughs> of uh matt barkley setting every single record <laughs> yeah exactly the... right I guess those... Sam Darnold having five turnovers and still winning even in CU's best year in the last 20 years. Yeah. You're not afraid. Um, Mm -hmm. So look, it's, it's a a gigantic meteor towards uh, the PAC 12 and it it, it just shakes a lot of things about college football. It's the biggest change this year so far, because as you mentioned, Sam LSU was also going hard after Lincoln Riley. Um, So depending on what LSU does, this is the biggest hire of the year and uh, it's, it's right in CU's backyard.
0: Yeah, and uh, Mel Tucker is not going to LSU, which uh, they've been double burned.
1: Well, yeah, so I, I can go on and on. I love coaching carousels. We can talk about all these changes. Another big Take pack 12 round and round. Well, so let's, let's start the pack 12 first. Um, Washington State kept uh, Jake Dickert, their interim head coach, after blasting Washington in the Apple Cup on the road. Great, I think. Makes total sense. Nice and easy to get it over with. He was there. The players obviously love playing for him and they went eight and five, I believe, or eight and four, I believe this year, seven Washington five. state. Yeah. I'm one of those two. Prove me right. Okay, prove yes. me right. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's okay. Jake Dickert. And, and the, I, I can could, I I could tell you the record. coach who got fired from Wazoo. Oh. Right.
1: Nick Rolovich. Um, but, okay, I, you know, he was there. He's going to be okay. He, they obviously like playing for him. I think that was a nice and easy hire for them. Um Elsewhere in the, I don't know, whatever state Washington is, the rainy state, um, U- UW looks like they just hired their coach, Washington, who just fired Jake Lee, Jimmy Lake after less than two full years of coaching because he was that bad. Um, they went and hired Kalen DeBoer at Fresno State, who is one of my favorite coaches, and that is a nightmare. Um, what does he do? He's a great, he was the head coach of Fresno State, um, and he turned Jake Hayner into a masterpiece this year former uw I have transfer no
0: idea who that is
1: yeah so he was uh indiana's offensive coordinator a few years ago michael panics was his his pupil he left yeah. to go take the fresno state job um and now he's up at washington before that he's just known as a program guy he was the head coach at the university of sioux falls which is an naia school and i believe they lost uh, three games in six years that he was there which is naia yeah but he's probably the same talent as everyone else is down there. And he's just a proven head coach. All he's done is head coaching. It's the opposite of Jimmy Lake, right? So, you know, he has a program vision, you know, he knows what he wants out of everything there. I think it's a really good stable hire. Um, and he's an offensive guy. And that's exactly what Washington wanted after having awful offenses the past two years.
0: So it's kind of like a State going for C- Chris cleeman
1: Yes. Kind of. I would say that the Boer has a little bit more bona fides, but cleeman obviously worked out. Um, And, you know, there were rumors that they were going after Matt Campbell at Iowa State. I don't know if I ever believed that. I think DeBoer is a great hire. He knows the area. Boom, you're done. Um, On the coaching front, Joe Moorhead, Oregon's offensive coordinator, is taking the head coaching job at Akron. So they're in the market for an offensive coordinator, the same as CU. Um, Jonathan Smith signed a massive extension at Oregon State. Go Beavers. Uh, And I believe there's no other openings that need to uh, be addressed at, at in the back 12 Herm Edwards is staying, shockingly, um, at, at least until the AD is also fired. <laughs> but Herm Edwards is, is staying um, and Arizona just made a switch. Oh, Looks like Chip Kelly saved his job by thrashing USC uh, and, you know, the Stanford's not going to move on for David Shaw unless they absolutely have to. So, I think oh, we're
0: all Deuce done. Va- Deuce Vaughn is only a sophomore?
1: Yes, that's a Kansas State guy for those following
0: along. Um, My favorite player in college football, by the way.
1: So I, I love following coach of carousels. There's a bunch of jobs open in terms of power five jobs. All that's left, I believe is Oklahoma now LSU and Virginia tech. I my and Duke and Duke. I think those are the four that are. Oh yeah. Atlanta.
0: Cutcliffe is gone. Yes. Well, McIntyre get on that Duke job. Hey, that'd
1: be a good hire for them. I'm not kidding. That'd be a good hire for them. Um. So anyways, really
0: the only, are those really the only power five conference, like conference jobs available? I
1: believe that's true. I'm sure I'm missing one. Texas Tech filled. Did Texas Tech fill there? Texas Tech is filled with Joey McGuire. Yes. Washington just filled. USC just filled. Um, I'm missing ones. I'm sure. But oh, uh, Florida filled with Billy Napier the past two days, which is a great hire for them.
0: Wow, I need to read who these people are because I have no idea.
1: Yeah, so I'll, I'll talk about to you off air, but that's your general carousel roundup <laughs> with a Pac-12 and CU tint. Um, in terms of offensive coordinator hires, like I mentioned, Nebraska's looking for one in the same area code-ish, and Oregon's looking for one. They both presumably have bigger coffers to uh, throw money at people with than CU, so they might not be in the same circles. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of movement right now, so the, uh, presumably there's hopefully some some candidates being vetted on the CU And side. it's mostly
0: it's mostly head coaches that are being hired from smaller jobs. Like you don't see that many coordinators. Getting no. Right yes,
1: now. not a lot of coordinators are moving around. That's exactly right. Uh, you know, it's. I don't know what to expect in terms of timing. I don't know what to expect in terms of profile. I have a preference, which would be a, a younger guy, um, but it sounds like some. Things have been said about the AD wanting a splash hire, which doesn't sound that young to me. So um, we'll see what that looks like.
0: Jimmy, like offensive coordinator.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Big fans here, offensive coordinator. Who says no?
0: I do. Enough? Oh, my God. I was the Broncos. <laughs> so, like, I watched, like, some of the NFL because it's more accessible for me. And, oh, my God, I've been watching the Broncos, and I hate watching them so much. Their offense is horrendous. I hate it. And I have too many fantasy players. Just to to give you an insight onto my team.
1: And thank you for that. That's exactly what we needed. Thank Um, you, yes.
0: Before we close out,
1: the football grab bag, is there anything else you want to mention here?
0: Grab bag. Um, No, my notes were Shiv News, Lincoln Riley, Mike Bone, Mel Tucker,
1: football
0: ball win over Stanford.
1: Okay, so let's move to that. Uh, after a long break, uh, following their return from the Paradise Jam, the Colorado Basket Buffaloes have played the first conference game nationwide. This was the first conference game played by anyone all year um, by hosting Stanford at the, I guess now the CU Event Center. Um, and that was on Sunday. And I don't know, that game was, uh, you know, it, it ended up being a pretty close win for the Buffs, 80 to seventy six as many have this year, but Sam, I don't know if you had a chance to take a look at that or watch it. I will say. Not really because the, the,
0: the highlight packages are garbage and it's kind of hard for me to parse together. What's going on.
1: Mm-hmm. They are garbage. Um, they're pretty short too. And I, let's see if uh, any third party people have highlights while we're talking, but before we, you know, I, I just, I'll say I did watch the game. I was covering this game. Um, and I can I can talk about it as much as you want. We can do a fun thing we've done before, which is when you ask me questions and I can give you answers, or I can just go off.
0: Yeah. Um, who is good for the CU? What 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 do they do good?
1: <laughs> Who's good and what did they do good? Uh, okay, those are pretty overarching questions. I'll I'll go for it. Um,
0: okay, who, here let me tell you something I see from a box score. Okay. Okay. Jabari Walker double double. Mm-hmm. One turnover, one foul. Great mm-hmm. job, Jabari. Mm-hmm. Evan Batty. Four for four on three-pointers. Yeah. 22 points, including passing the 1,000-point milestone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sounds like he did good. Um, Luke O'Brien. <laughs> I already texted you this one earlier. Yeah, yeah. His plus-minus was negative <laughs> seven in four minutes of play. So I think he did poorly.
1: I don't even know That's, if he touched the ball, which might be a, a thing of him doing poorly. But one three. That was the end of it. half three. That was not his fault. Okay, okay, okay. And
0: then he took a f- two free throws and missed one of them. And he got there a rebound.
1: Go. So, not, well, a not a
0: tr- Not a trillion. Thank you.
1: Uh, I can go through those. I think this is Jabari yeah, sure. Walker's best game this year. I thought Jabari Walker was in control of his body and his movements for the first time. This year, like, he was completely – when he was driving, it wasn't just wildly going at the rim and throwing up a shot. Like, he was kind of playing the right pace. He settled for two beautiful mid-range jumpers because his shot is so smooth. Um, That I thought were great because they left him open. He said, I'll take these shots. I don't have to go to the rim every time. Um, Most importantly, still really, really good on defense um, with the efforts there. His length really bothers teams. And, uh, like you mentioned, double-double. He is quickly entering in the – uh like Tyler Bay Roberson style sphere of just knowing that he's on the court I think he's gonna get the rebound because he's always in the right spot and his arms are so long and he just he just seems to be jump at the right time even if he doesn't get the rebound it's gonna get tipped you know something like that It his rebounding sense is really amazing um so he, he was all over the court um Boarding on both sides for CU, which is why part of the reason why I thought it was his best game. I thought it was just super in control. He didn't force any shots. He got the shots he needed to, and he just played defense and rebounding for for however I long mean, he's out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, like the one turnover and the one foul, like that's like that's unheard of for him.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. And and Batty also did not have that many fouls. I will say, uh and I don't often say this. I I thought that the officials were very pro CU in this game. Um, Everyone hey, that. Stanford had 13 fouls and CU had five in the first half. Some of that was true. And some of that was calls I would not have made, even if it was against a CU player, but I'll, I'll take the help any way I can get it. Um. So yeah, it, no foul trouble. I think for any, anyone on the team really today um, against Stanford, which is huge because that has been an issue. Um, your second point, Evan Batty crossed thousand points sh- threshold fourth player in that 2017 recruiting class to do so, which is obviously a record 38th player in CU history to do so. Um, but more importantly, I think his shot is not a mirage. You've seen some games this year. He likes to shoot some of those jumpers Yeah, and it's actually ask, legit.
0: <laughs> why is he taking so many threes? Because like I see him, like I, I've, I've played basketball with Evan before and he chucks a lot of threes and doesn't really make them that often. And that's like, I realize he's not really trying in pickup, but I don't well, know. He no, does like a natural
1: shooter. His, it's definitely improved. It's gotten way faster. I'll say his shot has gotten way faster. He's getting it up.
0: Yeah, and definitely.
1: So three of his threes were in one run. It was a 9-0 Evan Batty run by himself, where his Tampa was up by eight early in the first half. And they just ran the same play three times. I believe it was KJ Simpson, high pick and roll. Instead of rolling, Evan Batty just hung around the three-point line. They both crashed with KJ. He just spun it back out and he had wide open three and he just splashed him. Um, and that's huge for the offensive spacing, I think, because when he's setting those picks and he can stay out there, you're there's a you know, it's a loser. Sh- there's no way for the defense to really win that because now it's not as crowded in the lane. And with the quickness of KJ Simpson and Keyshawn Bartholomew, if they hesitate at all, they're going to blow right by that big guy. Um, and, and it happened a few times against Stanford. So, I, you know, his shot I don't think is a mirage. I think it's actually there to stay, and he loves it. He loves taking those uh, when he gets it on the block and then just turns and faces. He's done that a few times, um, and he likes doing that as well. But he, he took over on offense, which is good to see. Um, and they didn't call fouls on him being big, which is also good to see. The refs often do that. Um, your last guy was who? Luke O'Brien? I'm not going to talk about Luke O'Brien.
0: Yeah, we don't have to. That was supposed to be funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's talk about... Let's see. I'll, I'll say some other so things. So KJ
0: Simpson. Has KJ Simpson been pretty good?
1: KJ Simpson was the best guard CU had against Stanford. Um, Keyshawn had a semi-off game. His shot wasn't falling. A little bit too passive for my liking, um, but he hit all the free throws we needed him to at the end. He went, I think, 8 for 8 when, when Stanford is fouling, um, KJ was the best on offense. Um, at least definitely better than, than Parquet and, and Keyshawn. And just, he's, he's so quick and he's not easy. It's kind of like McKinley where he's not afraid of contact and welcomes contact when he's going to the rim. So you got a few and ones off of that. Uh, yeah, his defense is still iffy, but you know, that he's a freshman guard. That's fine. Um, and I'm trying to think of the other guards. Parquet was okay on defense and uh, on offense. He's still, it, it's, he's a guy that, that I would hope, lets the game come to him. I, I, you know, he didn't force anything. And I think that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. Um, um, how's our defense looking?
1: Not great. Uh, <laughs> it'll get there. I think, and I think it'll get there, but the rotations are pretty rough. Stanford abused CU like four straight times on a back, like a baseline back cut and just CU just forgot to, to do it. At, um, at Tad's post-game press conference off the top of his head, and it's probably never a good sign for the player if the coach can mention three plays off the top of his head. But he mentioned three straight Ooh. plays and the exact timing and where it happened on the court where CU did the wrong rotation, and that's why Stanford got an easy bucket. Um. And that's without film knowledge. So I'm sure that Taz is going to look through the film and find. I think he and us, we are we are all missi- missing the, the super tight rotations the team had last year, where it seemed like every off ball shooter had a guy, even if we were getting beat. So that's not happening this year. Um, and some some people will make him pay for that. I thought the on ball defense was fine. You know, Cuse guards have some quickness to them. I thought Tristan De Silva did a really good job on Harrison Ingram. Um, who's the five-star from Stanford, the leading scorer. And I thought Jabari did okay. Um, but just the team defense is not there right now.
0: Yeah, I'm seeing uh, 57% on twos, 42% on threes, 93% on free throws. And Stanford still lost because, turns out, they fouled CU a lot. And it the all over was, so much. And I was about to say 14 turnovers, and CU yeah. had five turnovers.
1: Yeah, offense, You don't see people yeah.
0: Complaining on Twitter When CU has five turnovers So
1: Yeah, the Bail offense the failed them out this game And that's in the offense and the refs And to be fair, CU attacked the rim relentlessly That's part of the reason why the refs called so many fouls But you can, I mean It's kind of a good thing Just because I think You know that Tab Boyle is going to get the defensive And rebounding right um, And if the offense is there And the defensive rebounding will get there it's a dangerous team in February, but it, it leads to a lot of cardiac moments early this year. Too many.
0: Too many, but they're learning how to win close games.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess it doesn't matter who. against Montana State and against and, Stanford.
0: And and Duquesne, who they went to overtime with after a furious 11 points to end the game. That's um, exactly right. Go Duke. That's exactly right, but... You would much rather them win these close games than to lose to Southern Illinois. Like they're doing pretty solid. Like like if they're going to be learning, you're pretty happy with them being six and one and about to be six and two.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, Washington just lost to Winthrop at home by I believe ten plus. So there are worse places to be. There are worse places to be than CU sitting at six and one uh, with a conference win. 7-1,
0: 6-1. and, one, six and one. Yeah, well, 6-2 and because they're playing uh, at UCLA in a couple days.
1: On Wednesday at UCLA. Uh, they see, still know Cody Riley for UCLA, but that won't matter. Um, yeah, I think CU's weakness is pretty obviously, in my opinion, the weakness is pretty obviously the wings. Um, there's just no one mm. that solid at the small forward position. Tristan DeSilva can kind of do it against some matchups. Jabari Walker can kind of do it against some matchups. Clifford is getting there. But there's really no one that I would call lock solid, rock solid. Um, Parquet should be
0: able to check um, Juzang, but not like Juzang. Okay.
1: But we what? both know that's not who drives the UCLA offense.
0: Yeah, I know. But we don't have to talk.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Right. Johnny Juzang is the, the UCLA's gunner. He made his name in the tournament. But Sam and I yeah. are both no, I very pro, very pro Jaime Jaquez guys. Yeah. And I'm not, uh, I don't really think Johnny choosing is that good. Um, so. You know, yeah. You and I both just, I agree on this. I think that I, I'm not a huge fan of gunners that that just shoot no matter what. And he's that guy. And if he gets hot, great. But he's, he's just going to shoot him if he's not either. Um, So mm-hmm. Jaquez is to me a, a much more important cog. He actually runs the offense can play point out of the post, can play point out of the wing, can play point straight up if you want him to, is super, super tough. We'll get all the boards, all the little things, um, and there's no one see CU has that can match up with that right away. No, think.
0: not really. No. Yeah, and not that it matters, because I don't think CU will be able to score on them too much.
1: Right. UCLA is going to be pretty good at team defense here. So um, yeah. it's a great early mid- season test.
0: Who would have thought Mick Cronin was the perfect coach to go to UCLA?
1: I did not. I did not think that. I was not a fan. But it works, I guess. It works. Yeah. Yeah. So don't worry. In case you thought, oh, at least after UCLA, they'll have the experience. and They can beat up on some other teams. Uh, Nope. (laughs) Right after UCLA, CU plays Kansas at home. Um, So get ready for that. As well, because that is a dangerous Kansas
0: team for UCLA.
1: No, see, so you play Kansas.
0: No, 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 no. See, you know CU plays Kansas later. Yes, their next schedule is UCLA, then Tennessee at home.
1: At, oh, I'm sorry, you're right. I, then, missed up. I mixed up Tennessee yeah. and Kansas. You're
0: right, and then Eastern Washington, Milwaukee, Cal State, Baker, Bakersfield. Yes, and Milwaukee has PJ Baldwin, but uh, do you know their record right now?
1: I'm going to guess because you're trick questioning me 3 and
0: 3. Uh, it's much worse. Oh no. <laughs> They're 1 and 5. That's
1: going to be a rough loss. So,
0: um oh for CU? Yeah. Cuz PJ Baldwin isn't as good as you think he is. Not right now. He's not he's not like built to take over a team. He's like a secondary player.
1: <clears throat> okay, that's
0: good. Like a really high level like shooter, cutter, team defender and he uh or not really a team defender because there was a clip of him playing defense where he li- literally didn't even try. He just took two <laughs> steps to, to cut somebody off and didn't even go for it. And I think Jalen Brown is was a better college player than PJ. And yeah, I'm gonna keep talking about this because you said Baldwin was better. Okay. I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep track throughout keep the reminding season just me. to make that's sure. Fine. Yeah, that's Yeah, so sure. let's
1: go through this real quick. Yeah, after playing number oh, five okay. UCLA. Uh, after playing number five UCLA on the road, CU gets to come home to number 13, Tennessee, led by one of my favorite players this year, Kennedy Chandler. Um, they are pretty good and, and you know, they, they will be physical. Right after that, uh, they play an Eastern Washington team that just upset a tourney- tournament-bound Washington State roster. Um, so that Eastern Washington team oh, really? is no joke. Yes, they beat them in Pullman um good washington's eastern washington team um then we play against uw milwaukee who has a great player in patrick baldwin despite sam's um slandering but apparently they're a bad team which is good moving on from that you have the csu bakersfield which is a pretty solid cal state squad but you know not the best um and then finally you have kansas coming to colorado uh and that is a stretch we mentioned before the year I believe we said if you can get through those five games or those six games, three and three, we'd be happy. Is that what we said, or four and two?
0: Um, sorry, I was looking at the uh, Eastern Washington has actually they're three and three with losses to UC Davis and Texas State. UC
1: Davis, who just lost to a for-profit school at San Francisco. Did you see this? I did not see. They lost to a real estate scam. UC Davis lost to a real estate scam.
0: Um. Okay, so you said four and two out of the stretch coming up. That would be a stretch. I think three and three. I'd be happy with
1: three and three. Is where three and three.
0: Yes, yeah. Happy. I'm happy with three and three. If like, if CU beats Tennessee, that'd be fucking great. I don't think they will. No. And I definitely don't think they're going to beat UCLA, Kansas. So I think three and three is the best. I think. Yeah, I think so far us being six and one is pretty solid. Like, I would have been surprised if we had started 7 0. Uh,
1: yeah, they, we were, CU has been dropping with this young team, and we mentioned it as such in our, in our season preview with Ben Burroughs. Um, but I also think that'll go right back the other way. I think later on the in the season, and maybe even earlier, CU is going to steal one that they shouldn't because everything's cooking for these freshmen and they are locked in, and, and something magical happens. Who's to say? Um, Speaking of
0: for-profit universities, something I found out earlier this week. Two things, actually. I'm going to go on a complete. I'm going to side. I'm going to derail this real quick. The president of Liberia um, has his alma mater is DeVry University. Yeah, and uh, that is George Weah, who was also the Ballon d'Or winner in 1994. Yeah, and the Ballon d'Or is being announced today, Um, so that's timely. So a little wacky there. And then, this is completely, completely out of nowhere, but do you know the name of the man who founded Gucci? Is it Gucci? It's not just Gucci. It's Gucci-o-Gucci.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) Is that why they have the two Gs interlocking? Yeah. Oh!
0: Yeah, so I've been telling everybody that fun fact today because it's so funny and I keep laughing.
1: Everyone, go see how to Gucci. Everyone, go, I'm just kidding. I have no idea if it's good. This it
0: sounds. I heard, it's I, a train <laughs> movie, but I want to watch it. I want to watch it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Before that, everyone, uh, start your summoning circle for a good offensive coordinator. I will hopefully have my own hot board of what I like to see um, in the in the coming days. But everyone, feel free to reply to us with what you would like to see out of the offensive coordinator. Um, Sam, really Mail quick. Mailbag. Mailbag. Yes. Tweet, mailbag. Tweet at
0: Jack Barsh your go mailbag ahead. questions. If you've made it an hour into the pod, we've literally never done a mailbag before. It's because I don't want to say, tweet us your questions and get like one response. I think that would be so sad. And I, I've never had the courage to do
1: it. I just don't want to make my I just don't want to make my family sign up for Twitter just so they pretend that I, I can pretend that we have listeners, you know.
0: I have some fake accounts, although I deleted Twitter from my I'm not in Twitter anymore, but I uh, I could I could do it for us. I could ask us some tough questions. Thank you. Um who is the most handsome player on the CU basketball team this year?
1: It's not Luke O'Brien. I think it is. No. Um, so let's really quick who before we though? close it up. I I don't want to reveal my, my basketball player type, I don't think, on this in this public
0: forum. Roster.
1: Um we're gonna vote, bo- we're gonna be done here in a second. I'm making executive decision. Before that happens, Sam, don't think just shoot. Next offensive coordinator Boulder is don't
0: I think just no shoot. Oh, I don't. Man. I don't know any names.
1: I was hoping you're going to say something like Chuck Pagano.
0: Is he alive?
1: <laughs> I think so. Living okay. I believe.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Good for him. Okay, quick shoot. Who do you think is the offensive coordinator?
1: Who do I think is going to be the offensive coordinator? Danny Langsdorf, current quarterbacks coach. Which is be oh, sad. Oh, that's boring. I agree. That would, that would suck. Who do I want the, op- the next offensive coordinator to be? Hey, Chris Peterson's just in studio doing nothing. Am I right? <laughs> um, I think
0: uh, <laughs> Banan Urschek, pretty handsome.
1: There you go. All right. I'm, then, closing, uh, up, I'm closing up shop. No, nope. wait, hang on, oh, hang on, nope, hang on. Nope, nope,
0: KJ Simpson and then Luke O'Brien. It would be one of those
1: three. Okay. It has to be. Yep, I'm done. I've been done for okay. five minutes. All right. I've been done. <laughs> Bosk
0: Bosk